Yo, what's up everybody? It's Blazik, aka Sober Guy Journal. Hey, just wanted to point out, I I, uh, I logged on to our, our website the other day and I saw that we've like almost doubled our listenership in the past couple weeks. So that's pretty freaking cool. And I'm assuming it's because of New Year's resolutions and people wanting to quit drinking or at least explore that lifestyle. So just wanted to say that I'm super glad that you chose our podcast to listen to. Greatly appreciate you. If there's anything that we can do to help you, let us know. Um, And then I am going to make a quick ask. If you could go to the podcast app, whatever one you're using, and just write a quick review, even if you put some emojis, even you can put what you like, what you don't like. Um, Actually, don't put what you don't like. Just give us a five star. If you don't feel, if you don't like us, don't go review it. (laughs) But yeah, if you would just go review the podcast real quick, that would really help with the algorithm. It helps other people find our podcast. Um, so that we can keep spreading the word of, of the sobriety journey, being young, being fun, and being sober. All right, appreciate you. Have a good one. Welcome Bye. to the Young, Fun, and Sober podcast. I am your host, Blazik, aka Sober Guy Journal. And I'm Julia, also known as That One Sober Friend on TikTok. Look, knowing what I know now, I wouldn't change anything except to feel more emotionally slow down. Life's a merry go round. But things ain't merry when you're going through the motions, fulfillment, lies, and emotions. So why go through life unavailable? You're What's unavailable. up, everybody? Welcome to the Young, Fun, and Sober Podcast. I'm your host, Blazik. I'm going to be riding solo today. Julia couldn't make it, so um, which is all good because I have something that I kind of want of kind of want to talk about this week. It's it's an emotion. It's an it's a feeling that has been popping up for me a lot lately. And when I when I look back to last week and doing that podcast, or I look back to, or just even listening back to it, I felt it. And it's an emotion that when I think about my drinking career, it's kind of funny to call it a career, but my drinking journey, I guess, when, when we look back at my drinking journey, I felt this emotion all the way throughout that, and even almost before, and it might even be a reason that I, that I did drink. And the emotion that I'm talking about is guilt and shame. Um, more so shame. I don't even know why I said guilt. <laughs> I wrote this whole you know, bullet point um, template out around shame and then I said guilt. So shame. Shame is the, the feeling and the emotion that I'm talking about. It's something that last week I felt a lot of um, talking about, you know, relapsing and talking about drinking and and all of that and and just like i want to be transparent about this too that was not an easy thing for me to do there was a lot of me that wanted to hide it there's definitely a because you would never know right like that's definitely the the addict brain being like you don't have to tell anyone because they'll never know you did it in private you did it in your own home no one has to know about it and that is true like no one would have to know and and i could keep it a secret but that just like doesn't sit right with me or my values uh which is why i came clean and at the same time i feel a lot of a lot of guilt and shame around it because there's a podcast that i like to listen to about sobriety and i know that when i heard that the host had relapsed it almost i almost felt that it gave me permission not that i can give you permission or not that that host could give me permission but there was just something about it where i was like oh like if they can relapse then maybe i can relapse or i don't know i just 
and and I know that they're not responsible for me and I'm not responsible for you. I'm like and I mean that in the most loving way. I'm here to share my story and to help any way I can, but I'm not an expert. I'm, I've never once been trained in this. I, I can just share my journey. Okay, so enough of that. All that to say, last week during the podcast, listening back to the podcast, I, I felt a lot of shame. It's it's a true emotion that that popped up. And when I think about my entire drinking journey, from even the reason that I took my first drink all the way through the relapse. Shame, shame is this emotion that pops up all the way throughout the journey. So um, I, I don't think that I'm alone in that. So I thought that, that could maybe be an interesting topic to talk about. So let's start with, you know, really the the very beginning. So Shame is definitely a reason that I even picked up a drink for the first time. You know, I, I felt a lot of shame when it came to my confidence, what other people thought of me, who I thought about my or what I thought about myself. I just had a lot of shame when it came to these things and and just like not a, a real confident person. And I've kind of talked about this on my other podcast, but I was not a super confident person inside until i mean maybe not even that like that that alone me saying that um kind of shows that i still have a lack of confidence i'm I'm getting more confident for sure there's like a lot of things that i feel very confident about but just maybe like my perception and and the way people perceive me I, i don't know how confident i am in that and that's something that i've always tried to overcome by you know making myself feel like oh if i'm if i'm a smooth talker then people will perceive me as confident if i'm you know really if i if i put myself out there then people will will perceive me as confident so i've done all these things throughout my life to where people perceive me as confident but it's it's not really true and definitely something throughout middle school high school that i did where you know i i would dance i would i would want to be out I would want to I would want the attention on me to almost overcompensate for this lack of lack of confidence and and it's 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 pretty pretty wild how our our infant not infant but our child teenager brain does that without us even knowing and then that almost even leads into 20s and stuff but yeah shame is is definitely something that I felt early in life um and a big reason for my first drink and and I just remember when I had that first drink a lot of emotions that I had whether that was anxiety shame um, nervousness I was just a very antsy nervous anxious shameful kid I was I was happy too I don't want to make it seem like I was just always miserable I was a happy kid but I had a lot of these emotions in me as well and when I drank for the first time, those almost all went away. That was the first time in my life I was like, holy cow, like I drank, like I just did this one action that was super easy. And now everything that I was carrying inside me just went away. And that was like really magical. It, it felt really magical. It almost felt like, oh my gosh, I, f- I found the cure. Like I found the answer to everything that's been going on, I found it. 
And I think a lot of people feel that way because alcohol is a great tool slash medicine while it works. Now, I say while it works because if you're using it in that way to like calm your nerves or or to get rid of any of that, that's a pretty damn temporary fix. And the only reason I even call it a medicine is, is, you know, the same with like a benzo or anything like, yeah, it does give you the illusion that you're not feeling what you were feeling before. But the sustainability there is, is just, you know, maybe, maybe it even works for two, three, four years, but eventually it just runs out. Like it's not very common. You see the success story of someone who drinks in the morning and all through night and it's just like a real happy story but i'm kind of straying off the path here to to bring it back it's it's just i used it as a medicine in my mind that's how i looked at it, it was like wow i really found the cure to my problems and by drinking these feelings go away and yeah they come back the next day but I wasn't really analyzing that at the time. I just knew that if I if I was feeling a certain way and I had to give a speech in class maybe, that I could just sneak off to the bathroom before, pound a couple shots, come back, and just absolutely nail the speech. And I, if I did or didn't, I don't even know, right? Because I, I, a, a, I had a skewed perception in my mind of how it actually went. So I don't even know if it went good or not. I just know in my mind it went better than than if I was sober, um, and I didn't have those feelings. I I didn't have to face those feelings that I would have if I was sober, and that's really dangerous too because that's when you start to to build these patterns in your head where it's like okay if I feel this way I know that I can drink and it goes away, and that works for as long as it it works until it doesn't right like that's. That's kind of the thing is like it really works until it doesn't. And yeah, that's that's when things get sketchy is because when it stops working, that's when panic kind of has to, that's when panic sets in. It's like this is the one thing that used to, to, to work for me. Like me drinking, that was the one thing that made me feel calm. It was the one thing that made me feel normal. And then I finally hit this point in my drinking journey where it almost betrays me. Like the one thing that used to help me is now making me more anxious. It's making me more nervous. It's making me no- more depressed. It's it's making me feel like shit. I'm starting to drink and I don't even want to drink. Like I'm I'm having these cravings, but the the thought of alcohol actually disgusts me, but I'm drinking anyway. It starts to almost turn its back on us the one thing that like really gave us peace starts to turn its back on us and that's just like a really scary thing to have happen um and that's when shame starts to creep back in it's like now i'm feeling shame for drink like now i'm starting to feel shame around this drinking and i've I've never really felt shame around drinking before i think it's pretty pretty common that a lot of us go through the phase of where um, we think drinking's cool and we, it's like, it's like cute, right? Like, oh yeah. Oh, I'm not going to my kid's soccer game without drinking. Ha ha ha. Um, I'm not, 
you know, I would never show up to a party before hitting a killer pregame. Like we start saying all these things and yeah, it is like, I don't want to say that that stuff's not funny or it's not cute. Like that's up to you to decide. But I think what, what annoys me or stands out to me more now, just being a part of the sober community is realizing that a lot of the people that say that stuff and feel, feel that way are kind of teetering on that line of like, maybe they have an issue too. And I don't want to ever tell anyone they have an issue because that's for them to decide. But it's just like once you kind of start seeing yourself in other people, that's when it starts to stand out a little bit more. So um, yeah, that's that's when, to go back to it, it's just like that's when I started feeling shame about my drinking was when, you know, I'm 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 starting to realize it maybe isn't funny to be like, yeah, bro, before that, before that um, speech, I went to the bathroom and I took three shots of of Tito's. Like maybe that's not as cute or as funny as I thought it was. Now I'm starting to feel shame around it. Now I'm, I'm. I remember when I worked as a SDR in Dallas. If you don't know what SDR is, it's a sales development representative. It's a, a pretty common job in the tech industry. So. Your job is to cold call people all day. So you cold call strangers, they tell you to fuck off, and then you move on. Uh, (laughs) Occasionally, you know, you book a meeting. But that was my job. And I was drinking every night. And this is before I really connected dots that drinking makes me more anxious. I never really even thought that that was a possibility. In my mind, I drink because I'm anxious. I I have no data points to really put this together. And I had done no research. There wasn't really podcasts like this or other podcasts out there for me to learn. So in my head, I am just trying to figure out like, okay, how do I relieve this anxiety? And it's an anxiety-provoking job, not to mention you're doing it in front of people. So you're not only cold calling, but you're doing it in front of 15 of your, your coworkers and your boss. So everyone can listen to every call that you're doing. It's just a very anxiety-provoking job. Um, not to mention, I was I was making it worse by drinking every night. So then, I get this genius idea that I'm gonna start buying chocolate milk on the way to work. So I buy, you know, just like a little 12 ounce, 16 ounce thing of chocolate milk. I'm dumping half of it out and pouring vodka into the other half. So I'm buying these vodka bottles. And just keeping them in my car like I have ones for the house but I I just have the ones for the car so I'm I'm driving to work I'm pouring vodka into chocolate milk bottles and then I'm taking those into work and drinking at 8 30 in the morning all the way until noon so once noon hits then I'm going out to my car and I'm going to grab lunch and I buy a Gatorade and I fill the rest of the Gatorade up with vodka, and then that gets me to five o'clock. And I was in that cycle for a couple months, just doing drinking in the morning, drinking in the afternoon, having a couple, you know, drinks when I got home, and then I repeat. And it's it's really no wonder I was living in this full on state of anxiety. And that's when I you know, I, I, I was starting to have panic attacks pretty frequently. So that's when I had to go to see a psychiatrist and I got prescribed clonopin. And with clonopin, that was a whole new ball game because 
I just got addicted to clonopin and I, I remember I got 30 pills and I had gone through them in like 30 days and I luckily for me I couldn't afford to buy more clonopin because if you don't know about clonopin it's a benzo it's like Xanax it's extremely addicting and it's extremely bad for you if you're gonna like essentially if you're having a benzo you really want that to kind of be your last resort and it's gonna help it it really does help it makes you feel no anxiety at all the problem is with a benzo when you get off of a benzo or you don't take it the next day your anxiety boomerangs back at a at a more amplified anxiety than it was before so think about a rubber band and you have a rubber band and then you put that rubber band on a basketball. When you take that rubber band off, it's gonna be more loose than it was when you originally had the rubber band. So think of your anxiety as that. That's kind of what a benzo does. It, it fixes the problem and then it returns the anxiety worse than it was. So I just got in this terrible position down there where I was I was super lenient on alcohol. Then I start leaning on, on benzos and it was just extremely tough. Like that was extremely tough. Um, I'm so happy and fortunate that I couldn't afford to get more clonopin at the time, but I did just lean back on drinking. And so now I'm, I had shame about the, the alcohol, shame about the benzos. And now I'm back to alcohol and it's, it's the only crutch that I have. It's, I'm starting to understand now that when I drink, it's making me more anxious even in the moment. So like before I understood that, you know, I I was starting to get to the point where I understood, okay, if I drink, I'm going to wake up the next day and be more anxious. But at this part of my journey, I'm, I'm drinking and I'm starting to feel anxious while I'm drinking, which is something I never experienced. My body would feel shitty. Um, Like my body was basically begging me to quit at this point. Just like, please, please, please quit. And I pushed it another two to three years after that point. So just a lot of shame in, in throughout my drinking. And obviously I could tell you a, a million stories about the about specific moments, specific situations, you know, text I sent, stuff like that. But I don't really want to go into detail there. So there's a lot of shame in like individual moments. But I'm just even talking more high level shame of like I'm I'm hiding this. I'm I'm drinking in the morning and I'm hiding it. And that doesn't feel good. That doesn't align with my values. So that happened, right? After that was kind of the next evolution of of shame, one could call it, where I'm starting to realize I have to quit drinking. I'm starting to realize I can't keep living like this. If I keep living like this, my life is not going to be good. You know, it's not to the point where it's going to be ruined or anything yet, but I'm I'm starting to understand this is trending in a really bad direction. And I can either stop now or I can kind of see where it goes and try and quit later. So, then there's a lot of shame in quitting because now I have to tell People that I love, my friends, um, co-workers, people that I'm just meeting, that I don't drink alcohol or that I need to quit drinking alcohol. And that's a really, I'm a pretty open person and all of that, but that one was, was really hard for me because 
it's just awkward at first. Like there's no way around it, right? Like the people that I used to get drunk with every weekend, now I'm like having a sparkling water around them. And it's just a little different, right? It's it's a little different and that there's nothing wrong with that, but it is a little different. And when it's you or when it's me, I feel a lot of shame where I'm like, God damn it, like I have to admit I'm wrong. And I have to admit that like I was doing something wrong and, and that was shameful for me. And that was just a, a really weird experience for me telling people that I, I, I need to stop drinking. And I didn't have any bad reactions. Like I think that is important to point out. Like no one came to me and was like, oh my God, your blaze has to quit drinking. Or, oh my gosh, dude, are you sure? Like I don't think you need to quit drinking. I never had any of those moments. So this was just something that was in my head. But there's definitely shame about it. And then there's like the the next, I, I would be lying if I told you I don't feel shame sometimes now when I have to tell people, but it's pretty rare. And it, it it's mostly if I'm maybe in a situation where I'm just like trying to impress someone, which like shouldn't matter anyway, but maybe in a professional setting. That's, that's kind of where I feel the most shame now. Now it is about how you deliver it. Like I deliver it in a very confident way. Oh yeah, I don't I don't drink. But inside I, I do wonder, like, okay, this is my boss. I wonder what they're gonna think. I wonder how they're gonna react to this. I wonder what, if they're gonna think less of me. So even today, like I've been on this sobriety journey for a year and a half now. I think. Yeah, like a year and a half. And I still feel shame telling people that I don't drink. It's just like, it's part of it. It's nothing I can do. So I'm sure with time, I'll get more and more confident with how I deliver that. And honestly, I think over time that alcohol is going to, I think alcohol is on the way out. I really do. I think that (laughs) this is going to be funny um, to look back on in like 10 years if if it turns true, but I just think alcohol is on the way out. I think that younger people are starting to realize it makes them feel like shit. I think they're starting to realize that it makes them anxious. I think they're starting to realize that they can have fun without it. I think they're, I just I just think that it's on the way out. A lot of people that I talk to say like, oh, it's not worth it. I drink, but it's not worth it. And the same way that our generation's starting to eat healthier and care about health, I think that they're going to look at alcohol the same way. They're going to be like, that doesn't really align with my my mental health or my physical health. And it's, it's you know, I'm just not going to do it. And yeah, I, I, I truly do think that that's going to be the case. Um, but the, the thing that I want to leave you with is just tr- like try not to have shame about your drinking because it is your superhero or god damn it it's your not not drinking is your superpower like not drinking alcohol is your superpower it's what makes you unique and it's what makes you consistent it's it's what makes you stable it's what when you go to bed at night you can wake up that next day as the exact same person that you went to bed at and that's pretty fucking cool because you, you, you can wake up knowing you didn't make a mistake. You can wake up knowing that your friends aren't going to have to tell you what you did last night. You can wake up feeling fresh, clean, um, 
motivated, energized. Like you can wake up actually excited to tackle the day. And I, for me, it's, it's really about the consistency piece. Like I, I know who I'm going to get day in and day out. My friends know who they're going to get day in and day out. My partner, if I had a partner, they know who they're going to get day in and day out. And I just think that's a beautiful thing. Like the consistency of who you are. And, and like, we know this sober people aren't boring. If anyone thinks that you're boring just because you're sober, then that's an actual boring person because what you you drink and then you do what? Stand in a bar? Nice. Oh, it's loud so you can't even talk? That's cool. Nice. That's That sounds super fun. Yeah, I'm definitely the boring one that's paddle boarding, going hiking, making music, podcasting. I'm the boring one while you're standing in a bar that's too loud to talk. And you're like spitting game at some girl that doesn't even want to talk to you. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> that was kind of me throwing shade, so I apologize about it. But yeah, like your superpower is your sobriety. That's what makes you unique. That's what makes you cool. You're actually the one bringing something unique to the table. And don't forget that. Like when you're at a table, you're like the, the interesting one. Like, oh, you don't drink? Tell me more about that. Everyone's going to be intrigued in that because. A lot of people deep down have that desire to be that person where they're like, yeah, I don't need a drink, but I'm, but they know that they feel nervous or anxious or awkward. So they are going to drink and, and you're the person that's sitting there just confident, cool, collected, not drinking. So I'll leave it on that. Um, hope everyone has an amazing week. I saw that we got a lot of new listeners. We like doubled our, our listenership over the past 15 like past two weeks or so so i'm assuming that it's people with new year's resolutions of of not wanting to drink but yeah appreciate it and have a good one everyone bye